0: i'm good after this i have to put my pork in the oven oh what you're making just pork like a pork oh, loin nothing. like a ro- roasted garlic pork loin i
1: know oh, that sounds good
0: stuffed it with some rosemary and garlic and shit last night so because i bought one of the hormel ones that were on sale last week mm-hmm. like the pre-packaged ones and it was fucking it was okay it just wasn't what I wanted. I
1: don't like the pre packaged ones nearly as much as making your own. They're good for like quick, you need something to do real yeah. quick. But I
0: don't, I used to get them and throw them in the crock pot and then I just shred them up and use them for tacos. But that's mm-hmm. completely different than slicing a pork loin, eating it with a fork.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Or waking up with it in your bed.
1: You woke up with pork in your bed? Or was that a fat girl joke? <laughs>
0: no, it was a, a pork loin. Remember I drank two bottles of mead with L? Did I not tell you about that? I don't think so, no. Oh. Well, I drank two bottles of mead with L in like two hours. Mead, mead is a very... He's
1: not... Yeah, he's not messing around. No,
0: it was like 22%, which I had no idea. We drank two big old bottles of it, and then, I don't know, I woke up the next morning, and I was naked, I had my Xbox controller, and that half of the pork loin in bed with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my life's going. <laughs> So,
1: was that recently?
0: A couple weeks ago.
1: Oh, three gosh.
0: weeks ago, probably. I thought I told you about that. Maybe not. No. <laughs> there's probably a reason I didn't tell you. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. I don't remember any of it. My Xbox isn't in here, and there's no reason to have a pork loin in here. Was it cooked? Yeah, it was cooked. Oh, okay, that I'd makes it cooked it like the day, the day before I'd eaten it for dinner, and then Elle came over and we were just hanging out, and then, uh, then it was time for work.
1: Late night snack, that's probably what it was. That was. I'm sure that was your plan. Oh, I'm going to eat this in bed before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Her wife said she came and picked her up at 8.30, and that's the last either one of us heard of the night.
1: Mm, weird.
0: I probably a crazy
1: are, wife. Are, are they going to get a divorce? They sh- Sounds like they should get a divorce.
0: They're adopting another baby. I don't know. What the hell? I, don't know. I mean, I, don't,
1: I, thought, I thought they had already adopted the baby.
0: They have one, but they have another one because the same um, lady got pregnant again.
1: Oh dang! She's
0: fixed now.
1: I was gonna say that should be, I feel like, mandatory at yeah. a certain point. That's not good.
0: Infinging on human rights, et cetera, et
1: cetera. I mean, you know,
0: I mean, I, I, I'm not arguing with you yeah. <laughs> at all. I'm just saying making that happen would be almost impossible just because of people. Mm-hmm. What if she changes?
1: But they want to take, they want to take rights away from people that like want to make the choice. So that's cool. That's cool. Fun.
0: Yeah, good times, but all right cool we ready to start the show let's do this
1: thanksgiving one first right
0: yep that's the plan okay all right cool thanksgiving gobble, 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 gobble. no book printed okay i'm ready i'm ready i'm not ready the volume's not up <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mugs of Mystery. I am Monty Morgan.
1: And I'm Casey Combs, and today we are giving you a special Thanksgiving threefer.
0: A threefer. A threefer. Like a turducken of crime and mystery and urban legends.
1: Yeah, exactly like that.
0: Yeah, a turducken. (laughs) I've Um,
1: never had a turducken before.
0: You've never had a turducken? You know what it is, though, right? I mean, I know what it is, but I
1: don't think I've ever had one before. Weird. Have you had one?
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like that's not going to... Completely out of the norm.
1: Well, I want to have a turducken.
0: I was in culinary arts school. Of course I have had a turducken.
1: So was my mom, and I haven't had one.
0: Well, maybe your mom's had a turducken, and she just didn't want to share it with you.
1: That's very possible.
0: <laughs> it's really a stupid idea, to be honest with you. I mean...
1: Isn't duck really greasy? Ooh,
0: yeah, but duck's really good, too.
1: Oh, no, I've had duck before, and I've had turkey before. It's just not together at the same time. <laughs>
0: what about the chicken?
1: I've never had chicken.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the other two. I was just <laughs> making sure you've had chicken. It's kind of idiots. It's, it's a pain in the Never. ass. Never. It's not Is worth it? the time. I mean, you stuff a bird inside of another bird inside of another bird. It's just a lot of meat to roast. <sighs> Sounds kind of gross. And normally you got you like, sear down the duck because it's fatty. If you don't, like, sear the skin, it's slimy and gross. And... Cool. Anyway, welcome to Thanksgiving Mugs of Mystery. Our culinary arts show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what's new? How was your weekend? Um, My weekend was busy. How was cool. your weekend? Recorded a lot of shows, hung out with my boy, but a, a lot of recording, a lot of a lot of work, work, work. Sadly.
1: Yeah, you shouldn't try to work on the on the weekends.
0: That's my only option.
1: Well, yeah. Right, it's good. work
0: that I mostly enjoy. It's doing these shows, but we're trying to do mm. two weeks off with all the Christmas bonus stuff. You know, that way we have twelve shows, so it's worth it. Right. A little extra work now, a little play time later.
1: Cool. Cool. Love I rode four wheelers this weekend. Nice. I oh. ran into a tree and a briar patch.
0: Yeah, you sent me the text about yeah. the briar patch.
1: Yeah. Because Christy said, chicken shit. Fuck you. <laughs> you.
0: Fucking hobbit. You get a bunch of hobbits in the briar, brash, pratch, <laughs> briar <laughs> patch.
1: No, we didn't go very far into it because I got slapped in the face with briars. And so I, I just stopped and backed up. That nope. was my whole weekend. No That's balls. That's all I
0: did. No balls. No balls.
1: You do it. It hurts. I don't know. No balls.
0: Was that at the uh, the hog roast?
1: No, we didn't go to the hog roast. You didn't roast. go to beaver run? I know. I oh. was kind of, well, because we asked what time we needed to be there and we didn't get any response. So we asked again and we still didn't get any response, probably because she was having a good time at the pig roast and didn't want to look at her phone, get it. And so we just didn't go. We got too drunk at that point to drive all the way to beaver run. Ah, okay.
0: Well, I'm glad you guys didn't drive drunk. But you should have went. Yeah.
1: Well, we didn't know what time it started. It's I didn't a, want to just show
0: up. It's a pig roast. They start all day.
1: Well, I know it's all day, but I didn't want to be like oh no, we didn't go to the pig roast. We did yep. not go.
0: God forbid you're stuck at the beaver run pig roast all day. Shut up. <laughs> That's all right. You got Thanksgiving to look forward to. I'm food motivated. I don't I try not to miss events with food. Fatty. You're not wrong. <laughs> the meat to ball episode is interesting. It's not really a meatball episode. But- <laughs>
1: That's what we should title it, the meatball episode. (laughs) All right, you want to start this?
0: I believe you start it, don't you?
1: Well, yeah, I was just asking you.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I would love to Um, start this show. That would be fantastic. Let's start. Yeah, let's (laughs) let's do that.
1: The first story we have is the Blount family briefcase bombing. Blount, that's how you'd say that, right? I believe so. Blount. Blount. On the evening of Thanksgiving Day, November 28, 1985, in the Hilltop Mobile Home Park between Lake Worth and Azle, Texas, several members of the Blount family were celebrating the holiday together in the Blount's trailer. The family included Joe Blount, a 44-year-old skilled mechanic, his wife Susan, their 15-year-old daughter Angela, their son Robert, Joe's brother Carl, and Michael Columbus, Carl's son. After the family ate Thanksgiving dinner, Ray Blount went went home around 5 p.m. That's a hard last name to say multiple times. Which one? Blount? Blount. Blount, Blount, Blount.
0: Blount, Blount Dracula? (laughs) Stupid. That's not (laughs) stupid. It's after Halloween. (laughs) Close enough.
1: Around 9 p.m., Susan Blount went to lie down for a nap. Joe Blount drove Robert, Angela, and Michael to a convenience store about half a mile away from the park where they they bought snacks and beer. Hell yeah, they did. (laughs) Susan heard a knock at the front door. She looked out the window but did not see anybody, so she returned to her nap. When the rest of the family returned from the convenience store, they discovered a briefcase on the doorstep. Who takes a nap at 9 p.m.?
0: I was wondering that as well when I was. I feel like that's just going to bed. Out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess it depends if you're doing Thanksgiving and you have people over and you're stuffed. Be like, all right, guys, wake me up at like 10:30. Have you ever been, well, just imagine like a festival, you're getting day drunk, you know, it's nine o'clock. Festivals
1: and family Thanksgivings are not the same thing. Well,
0: okay, so we have different families, (laughs) (laughs) obviously. (laughs) We have different family events, apparently. (laughs) But you know, you take a little nine to tenner because you've been day drinking a little bit and then you get up and, you know, you party from 10, 30, 11 to two or so playing cards.
1: Well, I don't stay up that late anymore.
0: That's why you missed the hog roast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> the three teenagers were excited because they thought that the briefcase might have either money or jewels in it <laughs> after bringing the briefcase inside Angela opened the latches and it exploded Joe, Angela, and Michael were, were killed when a bomb in the briefcase exploded fucking nuts right?
0: could you imagine being a kid all super excited you found a briefcase
1: <laughs> open it, Dad.
0: I guess they were 18 still I would have opened it too
1: they weren't 18
0: I think one of them was right
1: oh 15 Still, I feel like I would have been excited about a special suitcase, briefcase,
0: briefcase, suitcase, either same one, thing. same thing, <laughs> different latches. <laughs> All right. The case seemed an unsolved mystery until over 10 years later in 1999, a man named Michael Tony was sentenced to death for the murders. The trial started in May, 1999 in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm. Susan and Robert Blount gave their testimony as to what happened that day. Then the testimony from Michael's ex-wife, his ex-best friend, and another cellmate occurred. His wife said that she, oh, that she, Tony, and his best friend Chris Meeks went to a propane shop that was adjacent to Hilltop Mobile Park. She says that Tony got out of the truck with a briefcase and disappeared. She then said he returned without the briefcase, and they went to the Nature Center and stayed for several hours. Her testimony also included that Tony shot a beaver with a rifle and they, while they were at the Nature Center. Yeah, and I know it was that day because he shot a beaver. With a rifle. Convenient for your beaver run story <laughs> that you never made it to. I know. A cellmate of Michael Tony, Finnis Blankenship, which is a solid name, I feel like, yeah. uh, testified that Tony told him that because he was paid $5,000 for the murders, Blankenship also said that the murders were part of a drug-related hit, but the bomb was put on the wrong doorstep.
1: Oh, God, really? Why can't people get
0: addresses correct? I mean, trailer parks are tricky. Oh, man. <laughs> Trailer parks are tricky. Uh, His testimony came in the second phase of the trial. This helped the the jury decide whether Tony deserved to be executed. executed. This testimony showed the the jury that Tony had a motive for the crime. At the time, Blankenship was facing two counts of indecency with a child and habitual criminal charges. So he says that he agreed to testify against Tony in exchange for having his charges dropped, which I think is horseshit anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't... I feel like you had the intent... You had the intent to do something.
0: I mean, you're taking somebody who's a criminal, and they're going to throw another criminal under their bus to make them not a criminal or lessen their charges. I feel like this person's obviously not a good person. Of course they're going to lie Mm -hmm. you know, for a lesser charge. I feel like that's just a weird motivation system they use in the jails because there's no accuracy to it Mm. other than one man talking to another man. I agree. Especially in jail where you want to look tough or make a— name or alibi for yourself too like you know near your cellmate you're not going to be like yeah i'm just in here for stealing cotton candy
1: (laughs) man that sucked to go to jail for stealing cotton candy
0: i fucking yeah i hate cotton candy (laughs) of all the things i got busted for stealing if it was cotton Cotton candy candy's
1: not good it's not really isn't blankenship now says that his testimony was a lie of course it was chris meeks's meeks's testimony didn't coincide with all of mrs miss tony's testimony Meeks changed his story four times. At first, he told investigators that he knew nothing about the bombing as well as the grand jury. He also failed a polygraph test. In 2001, he signed an affidavit taking back the things he said during his testimony.
0: So do you think that means he has to redo his time now?
1: Uh, I would think so, but I guess it... They've already like, I mean, they've given, already judged that. They've already given right. out his time and stuff. So I don't know. Does that open the case back up? And it, what is it? What isn't? Isn't that called something
0: like double jeopardy or some shit?
1: Sort of. You, but, oh I no, mean, double
0: jeopardy. You can't be tried for the same case twice. It's called double jeopardy.
1: Is that what it is? Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the same thing, though, right? Even though he lied in his first testimony, they've already.
0: Well, he lied in his first testimony, got his time off, and then now he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I was just just joshing around.
1: But that'd be the same case, so how does that work? Well, maybe we find out. I don't
0: know. Well, then he could probably be tried for lying under oath Purgery or something like, like that. that, which is a much lesser charge than yeah. diddling little kids, <laughs> which is what he went to jail for, right? Indecency with a child and habitual mm-hmm. criminal charges. Habitually fondling and, children. And, you know,
1: blowing up a family.
0: Well, no, the, this is the other guy.
1: Oh, I, I think he's probably, he had he had something to do with it, though. Meeks? Meeks. Mm-
0: Meeks is yeah. just a guy in jail. That was like a no, cellmate. No,
1: Blankenship is the one that was oh, you're right. little kids. Meeks yes. was this other dude.
0: Yeah. Well, too many people in this Blankenship tribe. said that his testimony was a lie.
1: And Chris Meeks' testimony, okay, okay. I see where we're at now. He said, my testimony about the events that happened on Thanksgiving Day 1985 may not have happened on that day. <laughs> Tony said that he Tony said that he did not hear about the crime until 1997. He said that he had never been to the Hilltop Mobile Home Park and that he didn't even know it existed until just prior to his trial. Miss Tony and Miss, Mr. Meek said that Tony was driving a truck on the night of the bombing. However, Tony said that he didn't buy the truck until December 13th, 1985, a month after the incident. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened. No,
0: they don't have a clue. <laughs> they don't have they, no, they don't have a single clue. It was his ex-girlfriend and his ex-best friend like They're just tossing him under the bus for something.
1: Get him out of the way so they can be together. Probably. Mm -hmm.
0: It'd be like that. He probably would have left happily.
1: (laughs) The Tarrant County District District Attorney's Office had also withheld 14 pieces of evidence that were key to his defense. After this, Tarrant County prosecutors turned the case over to the Attorney General of Texas. The state of Texas subsequently dropped all charges against him, and he was released on September 2nd, 2009. He died in a mysterious auto accident near Rusk, te- Texas, on October 3rd, 2009. And the briefcase bomber has still never been caught. Man, could you so, imagine? Yeah. Golly, when did he go back to when? Uh, when did he go to jail?
0: Um, it was 10 years after May, the crime, but
1: May of 1999, and then he was in jail for 10 years, yep. and then he died a month later.
0: Yep, was he got out because he was. Wrongly accused and then boom, a car wreck. What a a... mysterious car wreck. Yeah, Could you imagine how much that would suck? A lot.
1: I mean, it doesn't suck for him now. He's dead. It's not like, you know, that's true.
0: Yeah, but man, what a
1: poor guy. I mean, not that I don't think he probably wasn't the best guy running Uh, around with those heathens.
0: We don't know if he was the worst guy. He could have been the best guy of the lot. You know,
1: Between a child diddler...
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the child diddler was his cellmate. Meeks and the, his girl were the ones that said that he disappeared from the gas station. Mm. The child diddler was just his like, cellmate, and that's why he, he said that he knew stuff about it just to get his crime dropped. Man. Shitty way to go. Yeah, it is. And nobody's having caught the bomber ever.
1: I wonder if... Did you look into this a lot? Is there any more on the briefcase bomber? Um... Like- N- anything
0: new? I really didn't look too much into I didn't have a lot of time. I remember, we wrote this yesterday.
1: Oh, come on. You can do better.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Trust me, I'm struggling. You know what? You're right. I can do better, Casey Combs. I don't even <laughs> need sleep. I need meth. <laughs> yeah, Um. I, I didn't look too much more into it. There was no other theories that I could find. Nobody knows anything about it. The briefcase showed up. That was it. I'm
1: going to look into it. Do it. Maybe we'll do a, an update someday. If we find Pretty a
0: cool. a bunch of stuff on it, yes. Oh, yeah, I... We, in the, wait, the, wait, 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 you go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. What, I wasn't going to say anything, actually. Um,
0: I did put together a small... All the Springfield 3 we're talking about uh, doing in a second episode on the theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get all those compiled into one draft email, though. So that's good.
1: One, one tiny notebook page.
0: Well, it's an internet notebook page known as a draft <laughs> for an email.
1: You know what email is? What? Yeah.
0: That's why you can find me at Monty Morgan at AOL. <laughs> <laughs> dot com. When Richard retired, he gave me his email address and his phone number. And uh, it was, it was AOL. It was. Oh, God. I was like, man, Richard, I love you.
1: I miss him. I loved him so much.
0: He's a, Yeah. I should email him honestly
1: you should tell him i said hello
0: i will I, would, I miss
1: him he's a good guy
0: i would text him but i don't know if he gets texts on his jitterbug or not <laughs> i'm not far off from a jitterbug all right well next we have the disappearance of karen mitchell dun, dun, dun. probably a hoe i shouldn't Whoa. say that that's very negative <laughs> especially on thanksgiving are you doing anything for thanksgiving
1: um we are going to Christie's dad and stepmom's house
0: Unless you don't get a reply on when to show up.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. She's already called us and we know what we're supposed to be bringing and what time we're supposed to be there. So we we know what we're
0: doing there. Cool. All right. The disappearance of Karen Mitchell. Karen was on the Thanksgiving holiday vacation from high school on November 25th, 1997 in Eureka, California. Eureka! Eureka! Is that where the show's based out of? Eureka.
1: Um, I don't know if it's the Eureka in California, gotcha. but it is Eureka.
0: I've never seen it. I've just seen the.
1: Oh, I, I didn't say it. it was okay. The it preview was right. on the TVs. On, on the televisions. Yep.
0: Uh, she departed. She departed from her place of employment, the Coastal Family Development Center, during the afternoon hours. Annie Casper, Karen's aunt, was her legal guardian and owned a shoe store inside Bayshore Mall. The shopping center was. In the 33300 block of Broadway Street, approximately one mile from Karen's place of employment, she briefly visited her aunt's business before departing from the mall at approximately 245. So I definitely got to get some shoes before I go get kidnapped. (laughs) Can't be out there in crappy flats. I think they're called flats, right?
1: Well, it depends on what you're talking about, I guess, really. Women's shoes? Not all women's shoes are called flats. You're you're right, they're flats. They're flats.
0: You're just trying to simplify my brain right now. (laughs) Karen was last seen walking in her flats towards West Sonoma Street shortly afterwards, and she was never to be heard from again. A witness stated that Karen may have entered an unidentified light blue four-door 1976-1978 to 1978 sedan, which was possibly a Ford Granada, a Mercury Monarch, or a Nissan. That's not a very good description. <laughs> no,
1: was gonna, any of these things, it could have been... <laughs>
0: Between this year and that year, a Ford or Mercury... Or a Nissan.
1: What does a what is a Granada look like?
0: Um, it's a really shitty bar in Lawrence.
1: I love the Granada though. The oh, Granasty. The Granasty. It is Granasty. That's for sure. But I had a lot of fun there.
0: Uh, the vehicle had California license plates and Eureka imprinted on the rear plates frame. So, I can
1: see why they would get those two confused. They uh, kind of look a little they? similar. Yeah, they're um your typical. Yeah, they look kind of the same.
0: <laughs> that was a great description. Thanks. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. The driver of the car is described as a Caucasian male approximately 60 to 70 years old with balding light gray or sandy blonde hair. The unidentified man had green or gray eyes and a large sized nose that appeared to have been previously broken. <laughs> he had a small bit build and wore eyeglasses. The driver was wearing a long sleeve button down light blue shirt.
0: Ah, uh, a blue collar man.
1: <laughs> the driver is wanted for questioning as possible as a possible witness in Karen's case. The witness claimed that the car pulled across Broadway Street and nearly hit him before stopping for a girl matching Karen's description.
0: So they don't really even know.
1: Yeah, sounds like it.
0: That's just the best they got.
1: She's just, maybe she just ran away.
0: People do that.
1: Just went and started a new life and got a new social security number.
0: Got some new flats. Speaking of new social security number, do you want to get into this now? Or should we wait? Uh, we'll finish the story. No, go ahead. Let's go ahead. Remind <laughs> me at the end. of We're almost done. Remind me at the end of the story. Uh, Social
1: security number. Got it. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, Robert Durst apparently visited Casper's store several times in March of 1998, four months after Karen's Karen disappeared, and he resembles the sketch of the man wanted for questioning in Karen's case. Robert's wife, Kathleen Durst, disappeared from New York in 1982. Her case remains unsolved, and Robert is considered the prime suspect, although he has never been charged in the connection with her case. Robert was charged with the 2001 Texas homicide of Morris Black. He claimed he murdered Black in self-defense and was acquitted in 2003. And then again in 2015, he was charged with the murder in the 2000 shooting death of Susan Berman. God. Yeah, just the wrong place, wrong time type of guy.
1: Man, okay. Investigators looked into the possibility possibility that Robert was in the Eureka area at the time of Karen's disappearance, but he has never been charged with any involvement. They've ruled him out as a suspect in the 1997 disappearance of Kristen Madaffery. Say that. Say that name.
0: (laughs) Madaffery. Kristen Madaffery. Madaffery
1: from san francisco but he's been looked at in the 1971 disappearance of lynn schulz from middlebury vermont robert and kathleen owned a health service and health food store in middlebury at the time of schulz's disappearance and she visited it that visited it that day she went missing that's a lot of hard words to say in yeah
0: there. yeah this guy's <laughs> bad news though i mean he's a solid suspect but
1: For sure. Like, if he was... Who knows? Who
0: knows? Who knows? Somebody knows. (laughs) He knows.
1: Karen's parents divorced not long after she was born, and her mother raised her and her brother alone. Karen moved in with her aunt and uncle when she was 13. She had liberal views in 1997 and was passionate about politics, the environment, and children. She was a good student, and within a semester of graduating high school by the time of her disappearance, she planned to attend Humboldt State University and possibly study law or political science. Her case remains unsolved. Yeah, this Robert Durst character.
0: Not a good dude. It's crazy how he just keeps skating by, though.
1: Well, what is it? That there's something like 100 or 150 serial killers out and about in the wild? At any time, is that the statistic?
0: That I don't know. It's a statistic I would like to know. They say there's a a bunch of uh well, there's much less much less serial killers now. There are a lot less serial killers now because we don't have lead and everything. It used to be lead in the gas and something in it when people were children. Like that whole age of leaded gas fucked with people's brains. It made them empathetic and murder people. Did you get
1: um, it? Yeah, yeah,
0: I got it. Everybody.
1: It <laughs> A new report from The New Yorker estimates that 2,000 serial killers are currently at large in the United States. So way more than 100 or 150. (laughs) But we don't know about it because, I mean, they're, I guess, good at serial killing.
0: You say serial killer. I say job security.
1: Wow.
0: What? For the police. 10 times
1: more likely to be male than female. Average IQ is only 94.5. I
0: could be a serial killer. I fit (laughs) both those descriptions. Both those qualifications are me.
1: Man, that's kind of scary.
0: Yep. Yeah, my money's on this guy. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I feel like he's probably.
1: I'm gonna look into it. Guilty. Um, you so you had to get a new social security card. Did your stone break finally?
0: Yeah, my tablet. <laughs> yep. No, today I got an email from HR, and they were they said that my social security somebody tried to file unemployment on my social security.
1: Oh. With styles.
0: <laughs> So I didn't know how to respond. I was like, well, can I go home or not? And she was, (laughs) she started laughing. I was like, like, no, I'm serious. Like, can I, am I going to get, let me, just let me know. What do I do here? I guess they filed it as fraudulent and then suggested me to file as fraudulent, which I did that today from the link she gave me. But I have to call all my credit card companies, my banks. Mm -hmm. I have to file with Equifax and equal facts and donkey facts and
1: do you have to get a new social security like what happens do you i don't know do you get a new number or because that person obviously has your new num your number right. so i mean
0: i have no idea this all just happened today i came straight home i took a big old poop, and then we started recording
1: yeah oh, you probably should have worried about your you know your mandated number
0: <laughs> eh, whatever I and mean, what's the worst <laughs> that happens they already have it at this point it's not, you know. Yeah, I
1: get your cards canceled and everything.
0: I'm not gonna cancel my cards. I live off what? those.
1: They're gonna take all your monies. Let them have it.
0: What are they gonna get three fifty and a jawbreaker? <laughs> I can't even lease a cheeseburger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I bought all this equipment for the podcast. I've got no money left. I got no line of credit. What are they gonna do? <laughs> take me from a three point six to a? They might pay some bills. And be, look, your credit score went up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're right. It's a little stupid. Stupid. Somebody stole mine of all the, I bet they felt bad,
1: Shit, man. Right? Now I feel bad. We should get him. We should get him flowers or something. Yeah, Send him
0: something nice for Christmas on his credit. I'm
1: a turkey for Thanksgiving.
0: Ooh, make it a turducken. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have no idea what to do about that. I've had my info still before, but it was just like my bank. So I called them and they took care of it. They replaced the money right away and they What they, are you
1: doing, man?
0: They don't, well, I got Chinese hackers got me from Xbox is how they got my card. Mm. They got it from my daughter's well, it's her PlayStation. That's why we all switched to an Xbox family. But <laughs> anyway.
1: Dang Chinese
0: hackers. Right? And then the Russians tried it next. Or, oh,
1: I did have some weird Russian charges one time on my credit card, but they were like it was like $2 here, $1.30 here, but it was all from Russia. So. Yeah.
0: That's how, they, that's how they, they try it, supposedly. That's what the bank said. They do, like, little numbers at first.
1: See if you're going to catch it.
0: Yeah, and then if they... There's two ways they do it. They do the little numbers at first, and then they do, like, five bucks every two weeks or three bucks. And if it doesn't get stopped by the bank, then eventually it'll just hit you for, like, a big one. Mm. Because then it looks normal. Even though you're in America, okay, she bought something overseas. Okay, she bought something overseas. Okay, okay. And then finally, it's they take a big one. I hope they get away with it. Assholes. Rude.
1: Rude. But.
0: All right. And last but not least, we give you Gobblesquatch. Are you excited about Gobblesquatch?
1: I am very excited I, about gobbles. I was reading through it. I was like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I was honestly more excited about Gobblesquatch than I thought I was going to be. I was like, how do I find a cryptid to go with Easter or Thanksgiving? <laughs> And sure enough, it landed right in my hands like Plymouth Rock. Oh, wait, we landed on Plymouth Rock. Yep. Actually, we landed yeah. on America. Plymouth Rock was already here. Anyway, moving on <laughs> before my brain goes beep beep. What? <laughs> As with Sasquatch, Loch Ness Monster, balanced federal budgets, and other elusive entities, legend and speculation must necessarily take the place of fact, wrote Professor. That means retired, right?
1: I think so, yes.
0: Wesley Wimscott in a 2009 paper entitled Gobble Squatch." Giant drumsticks or dumb shticks? That's clever. It is very clever. (laughs) Disappointed I didn't write it, to be honest. (laughs) Submitted to the International Symposium on Paranormal History, Citing Stories, and Wonders, also known as Pshwa. (laughs) His lengthy report centered mostly on the oral history of Native American tribes of the area, now known as Virginia. It's the logical place to commence, he wrote in the foreword, since one of the nation's endemic... Endemic... Okay. Since one of the nations endemic to the region were called the Catawba, which means feather as long as a tree in that language. A feather Hmm. as long as a tree. That's a long feather. That is a long-ass feather.
1: (laughs) Mr. Wimscott also points out that the Cherokee of pre-colonial times wore ceremonial costumes which included gourds dyed brown tied together with long strings of deer sinew and then worn around the neck to dangle in the manner of giant wattles.
0: Man. (laughs) Good thing we <laughs> colonized this country and gave them clothes.
1: Right? That sounds so much more fun. <laughs> His paper also recounts the Powhatan, Powhatan legend of Kayaka or giant dropping of death.
0: I prefer Kayaka. I took kayaka? a Kayaka when I got home. <laughs>
1: An ancient tribal story about the tribe's first chief who set off for the mountains to fast for 15 days and 15 nights to hear the God's suggest- suggestions for ending a drought, but was killed by a falling liquid bomb at dusk when running excitedly home and passing under the branches of a huge tree. He he
0: died a poop? Uh, We call it the kayaka. Thank you very kayoka. much.
1: Kayaka. What's up, Mother Kayaka? Are you sure of that? Like, do you know what that means?
0: Kayaka? No, yeah. I just took the professor's word for it.
1: Oh, I thought you knew how to pronounce it.
0: Oh, the pronunciation? Yeah, I pronounce everything right. (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm going to pause this.
1: Yeah, it says pronunciation.
0: (laughs) It's your turn. Oh, you finished it all? Yeah, you're right. It's my turn. He died from poop. That's not a good way to go. (laughs) No. Do you think they just named, like, he had a giant... Oop. He added, probably go go, and that's what they just called it. Okay. Yeah, no.
1: that's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: not trying to offend any Indians. All right, Professor Wimscott, whose research is pooh pooed by bobble squash, bobble gobble squash doubters, <laughs> ended his pa- I like bobble squash. I've seen that porn. <laughs> ended his paper with a thoughtful contention that our modern Thanksgiving is actually adapted from Native American customs of the day, which included one day a year when the plumpest wild turkeys of the day were rounded up, butchered and stacked high as possible. Much is at much is that <laughs> much is as at Sun Foods today, he wrote. But the Virginia nations were more concerned with keeping the dreaded gobble squash at bay. Sadly his research is virtually impossible to access today. His paper was classified as ultra secret by the Pushwa Pushwa pending verification. What's the Pushwa again?
1: It is paranormal oh, history, on, sightings,
0: ahead. stories, and wonders. Pushwa.
1: Whoa! How'd you know that?
0: Paranormal history, sightings, stories, and wonders.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're psychic. right. You got it. Good job.
0: <laughs> uh, Professor Wimscott disappeared in the Blue Ridge Mountains while searching for the gobblesquatch in October 2010. His last diary entry read: "Found a nest, measured 14 by 12 and a half feet. Will infiltrate Whoa. as an egg." <laughs> <laughs> this man <What? laughs> I love this man
1: I, was he just like really off his rocker
0: he could have been batshit crazy but was he sounds though? like he because was batshit crazy why were his documents all classified by the Pushwa?
1: why yeah good question good question
0: found a nest measured 14 by 12 and a half feet with infiltrate as an egg
1: <laughs> can you imagine a little old man just hanging out in a giant bird's nest dressed up as a little egg trying not to get pecked, pecked at
0: Just waiting to get his turn to get baby bird fed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Materials found later at his campsite included cuttings of half inch white styrofoam, which geoengineers have... Geoengineers have calculated could not withstand more than 53 pounds of pressure from, say, a sitting bird. Still, there are even better reasons to believe that a mammoth turkey somehow roamed the wooded hills of the Blue Ridge in the near past. A young settler named Ezekiel Fitzgerald was hanged in 1672. Shouldn't it be hung?
0: Past tense, pretense, present tense
1: was hanged in 1672. Surviving judicial records note that the uh, unfortunate Ezekiel hath overwrought hearsay and proclamation most dire to wit that his eyes laid upon a creature of wingspan greater than the throne of the Almighty.
0: It's a lot of words to say he saw a big-ass bird. <laughs> yeah.
1: As a youngster in 1750, Thomas Jefferson was sent home from school with a note that read in part... Continuous usage of such non-existent words as gobbledygook and interracial. Gobbledygook, not gobbledygook. gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> and interracial. Jefferson historians have pointed out that gobbledygook, why is that hard for me to say gobbledygook. gobbledygook? Gobbledygook. Was a local Virginian word referencing referring to those who doubted the existence of a giant gobbler in the Blue Ridge Mountains. They have no idea about the provenance of the other word, the future president per-per-per-per. President purportedly, purportedly used. Look who can read now. Look at you go.
0: I mean, you give them to me one at a time. I got this. <laughs> you load them up in a sentence, forget about it.
1: <laughs> in the mid-19th century, the Virginia Lumber Company abandoned plans to clear-cut Mount Mitchell. An 1861 report from foreman Sid Sauer, Sauer, Sauer cited frightening falsetto rumblings that set them a fear a feared at night constant thunder as of giant beating wings and unclearable mounds of white-stained exc- excrement beneath the branches of
0: the most desirable trees. Some serious uh, serious, Shit. serious writing going on here <laughs> to describe a big-ass bird that's non-existent.
1: They had to, like, they didn't have as many things to do, so they just had to stretch everything out back in the day.
0: Just had to church it up? Yeah. The frightening falsetto rumblings that sent men a fear at night.
1: It was loud and scary.
0: <laughs> it was... <laughs> I want to write a poem about this.
1: In 1901, Wilbur and Orville Wright were researching the airplane by studying birds in flight and spent three months in the wild mountains of Virginia. Ignored by most historians, it is nevertheless an interesting fact that their first flying prototype was developed in 1903 and was named the Warbler.
0: Proof. (laughs) <laughs> that is all the proof I need.
1: The ungainly aircraft featured an immense flapping wingspan and sepia-colored gourds draped over the fuselage, and plans were soon abandoned.
0: Yeah, because turkeys can't fly.
1: I was gonna, I was just about to ask that, but I didn't want it to be a dumb question. <laughs> there's <laughs> no
0: dumb questions, Casey.
1: That's a lie. No, Girl, there's not lie.
0: necessarily dumb, dumb, dumb questions. questions. If you don't no. know something, are you looking what are dumb questions?
1: No, I was. Um, okay. Turkeys can fly
0: like long distances.
1: Well, Wild turkeys can fly, domesticated turkeys can't. Interesting. Except for a few feeble flaps.
0: I know if I drink enough wild turkey, these fists can fly. What's up? You want some? You want thunder? You want lightning? You want right wing or left wing? <laughs>
1: Stupid.
0: You say that. I think I'm funny. I laugh at me.
1: You are funny. I laugh at you too. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. Well, facts aside, however, fantastic stories of the gobble squash persist until about the middle of the 20th century. In 1927, European historian Dillard Dullard Dinsmore <laughs> published his seminal work, How Nations Are Named. Okay, so we're going to let this guy publish the how things are named. I'm Dillard Dullard Dinsmore. I'm going to do things on naming. Actually, that's probably a good job for him, as much as he probably hated his parents for naming him Dillard Dullard Dinsmore. All right. So you have to stop me at some points.
1: No, I just let it keep going.
0: You shouldn't. It'll go forever. <laughs> While roundly discounted by experts, his theory that Mustafa Pashi was actually a very nomadic Cherokee who founded and named the sprawling nation of Turkey after a long stint in North America as an interesting part of the gobble-squatch legend. What?
1: I want to do some more research on gobble-squatch.
0: You should. There's always next Thanksgiving.
1: Next Thanksgiving, gobble-squatch part two.
0: Gobble-squatch returns. (laughs) Can we name it? And I'll have a poem ready for. I'll make a gobble squatch poem too.
1: Perfect. Gobble scotch returns.
0: Gobble scotch.
1: <laughs> That's what I said. Hell
0: yeah! In February of 1942, 37 recruits sought to avoid war service by hiding in the hills of Virginia. In April of that same year, 33 of the AWOL soldiers finally reported for duty. All reportedly claiming that not even the German air force could could drop anything as vile as those birds do, or drop anything quote as vile as those birds do, end quote.
1: <laughs> this one, next one's my favorite story.
0: In May, would you like to read it? No, go for okay. it. Okay. In May of 1967, a Virginia hippie commune became the first to swear off marijuana use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, now that I feel like the facts are getting thinner. <laughs> um, we took up on green tea now, explained founder Zeke Zapper Sternbaum. Two-time magazine. Oh, yeah, that stuff was making us see huge turkeys that pecked holes in our Volkswagen camper and swallowed our sleeping bags whole, bro. (laughs) We literally had to stop smoking weed. Have you ever seen a turkey 17 feet tall coming at you? (laughs) Winks. Wingspan is huge. Never buy acid from Dollard.
1: Dinsmore.
0: <laughs> Dinsmore.
1: It is not yet clear why gobble squash stories have abated over the last 40 years. Among believers, it is thought that a cataclysmic event may have chased the giant gobbler from its original haunts and haunts and towards the American Northwest, where it may have aligned itself with the equally elusive Sasquatch, a pairing that may have been previously established in the early 1800s.
0: I'd, Thomas Jefferson. What? Sorry. I did find. I was unable to, to use it though because it copyright stuff. But I did find one on Sasquatch, and the Gobblesquatch is his pet. What? But.
1: I feel like Gobblesquatch would be bigger than Sasquatch.
0: You're probably right, but they may just be. The wingspan might. You can have a bigger pet. People have pet elephants. I'm not saying. Normal people don't have pet no, elephants. I agree. <laughs> Sasquatch is not a normal person. He's a normal Sasquatch. You don't know that about him. How dare you! <laughs>
1: Uh, Thomas Jefferson's fascination with the creature never abated and under the guise of an expedition to study the area's plants, animal life, and geography, then President Jefferson commissioned a team led by Meriwether Lewis and William Clark to hunt the beast down, which they did all the way to the Pacific Ocean. But it is clear that native Virginians maintain a wary respect of the giant bird that may recently have defaced its forest. In previously censored transcripts from the space shuttle's 2008 mission, Virginia native and NASA astronaut Leland Melvin is heard marveling from space.
0: Uh, jeezum, look at the Great Lake from up here. Looks like a giant claw print from Gobblesquatch, and it's heading west.
1: What the fuck?
0: <laughs> you don't think astronauts sound like that?
1: Maybe. Astronauts from Virginia probably do.
0: Probably right. <laughs> I liked this one. This made me I happy. did too. That was fun. This made me happy to my core. I won't lie. When I got home and was doing the research on it, I was kind of in a little funk yesterday, just stressed out. And I found this and I was like, you know what? Life's not so bad. <laughs> Life's not so bad. And then today I woke up and they're like, hey, your social security number's been stolen. I'm like, fucking <laughs> goddamn, I just can't catch a break. <laughs> Could not catch a break. <sighs> you guys should tell us if you think Gobblesquatch is real or not real. Send us an email.
1: Yeah, anybody in Virginia, if you've seen Gobble Squatch, or if your grandpa saw a Gobble Squatch, because nothing's been said in 40 years about it. Yeah.
0: Or if you're up in space and you do happen to notice that it looks like a Gobble squash foot, let us know.
1: The Great Lake. What's the Great Lake?
0: Well, there's lots of Great Lakes, right?
1: Well, but what one is he talking about? The one
0: that looks like a turkey foot. I don't think I like your attitude.
1: <laughs> um, lake Sturgeon? Fish turkey
0: foot. Reservoir. Um, Reservoir. Fish, turkey foot, turkey foot. <laughs> what you said is fine. We'll go with that. Fish, turkey foot. Say Irish wristwatch. No, it's going to come out me saying something like not Irish. Just ri- say it. Say it. Say it. Irish wristwatch. Five times fast. Five times fast.
1: No, say Irish wristwatch five times fast.
0: Irish wristwatch. Irish <laughs> Wrist watch. Irish wrist watch. I don't want to play this game with you. Okay. Right. <laughs> it was a fun game. Okay. All right. Well, we want to hear from you guys too, so. Um,
1: yeah, what do you like? What do you don't like?
0: Yeah, I want to know what you like.
1: <laughs> what do we need to change? What can we do more of? Or just say hi.
0: Yeah. We ain't changing shit, but definitely <laughs> let us know you want us to change it. Uh, anyway, all right, well, you guys can find us on Patreon slash Patreon you can advise my mom shit (laughs) you guys can find us on patreon slash mugs of mystery we'll leave a link in the description as well you can give us your support there and find episode extras blogs and bonus content because we are going to have bonus content real soon we're actually working on that now that we're getting this thing put together um you can also contact us and let us know what you guys want to hear like we just talked about at mugs of mystery at gmail.com if you want a story you want to have told or want to hear about let us know you got anything i have nothing you have me.
1: Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> so you have nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, and we hope you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday.
1: Yeah. Be drive safe. Um, don't get anybody sick. Don't get sick. or not you know, yeah. drive safe or middle don't. of a plague right now. Don't drive at all. Probably
0: best. And text your moms.
1: Text your moms. Yeah. And your grandmoms.
0: And your grandma moms. All right. Your grandma moms. <laughs> yep. Your grandma moms. <laughs> okay. all right. May your stuffing be tasty. May your turkeys be plump.
1: May your potatoes and gravy have nary a lump.
0: May your yams be delicious and your pies take the prize.
1: And may your Thanksgiving dinner stay off of your thighs. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. That one was so good.
0: I almost said penis what? for the word pies.
1: Why are you thinking of dicks so much? It's
0: missing one in is the only, I don't know, my eyes <laughs> read what they want to read, which is not okay to say either.
1: I think you're just thinking about dicks a yes, lot.
0: Yes, I think about hard dicks, especially when it comes <laughs> to things. Stuffing. Thanksgiving.
1: Thanks, stuffing. <laughs>